Shitty Podcast with, with Nick and Trent. Those two guys. Another Shitty Podcast. Something, 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 something. Something, 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 something. Excuse me. This week's episode of Another Shitty Podcast is sponsored by... The Empire needs you. We need like-minded people who will go out there and do what it takes for the good of the people. Do you have what it takes? Be all that you can be in the Empire. This week's episode is also sponsored by... Come on down to the Most Isley Cantina for all your cold beverages and strong drinks... We got two for one specials every night of the week. And also this Friday, karaoke! Ladies, you know Thursday night is? It's ladies' night. Come on down. We got strong drinks, lots of shots. Who shot first? You shot first. On Sundays, you get a free shot. Most Isley Cantina, come on down. What's up with your week? What's up with your week? What's up with your week? What's going on with your week? Trent, what's going on in your week, dog? I love that we were both looking at each other. You were like, all right, let's do the intro. I was like, oh shit, yeah, the intro. There was also a solid amount of chair dancing. Uh, Dude, great week. St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup. This is where you play Gloria. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. You know, people, some people are giving me a little bit of shit like, oh, you don't follow hockey or you don't like the blues around. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Sure, I'm a bandwagon. Call it whatever you want. This is St. Louis. This is Missouri. First ever Stanley Cup. I think I watched pretty much every game uh, of the finals. Dude, hockey is intense. Hockey is wild. It's extremely stressful. Is it your new favorite sport? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And it, it's just, it's so quick and it's so uh, carnal. Like you're just bashing each other in the wall and trying to get this little puck yeah. in a net. It's great. Tonight, we. Our greatest hockey team in the world. We were born to be hockey players. Everyone, yeah. It's pretty cool. That's the definition of hockey. Bunch of rednecks out there drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's just, oh, uh, we were watching it together, the game seven. It was so funny. Each guy that would take the trophy and, like, hoist it above his head. They were not, like, NBC didn't bleep out any of it. They, each one of them. Yeah. Every single one of the Blues players, you could clearly hear... Fuck yeah, and some guys are like, fucking right. <laughs> Every single one. And they went to commercial, they came back, and then I think it was Mike Tarico said, Oh, we apologize for the language being used or whatever. And it's like hilarious. But the thing is it's it's hockey is such like a niche it's like it's like pro wrestling fans. Everyone that's watching that game, they don't care. They Please. love it. They're oh, the, they yeah. say they say fucking Oh yeah. They 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 love it. Oh yeah. You mean the viewers, yeah. yeah. Uh, but dude, that happened. That was great. Uh, damn, what else? What else is happening? Um, 
went to a wrestling show last night after the game. That was great. Bar wrestling, uh, bootleg theater. That's always a good time. Yeah, man, had a, I'm having a pretty chill week, I guess. Um, when's the last time we talked on the pod? Oh, it's been a little while. Yeah, about three uh, the weeks, short I think. Film, the short film that I did uh, got a final cut, and we just started submitting to festivals, so that's cool. Cool. What's the first f- festival on the list, or what's one that comes to mind? I know there's one L.A. Shorts film. Cool. Fest that had Local, a, we can see it. Had an earlier deadline. Yeah, man. Really, really proud of it. It's a longer short for a short, so like 20 minutes. Um, but I, it, it was fun directing it, fun putting together, and took a lot of work and was somewhat stressful just because I want to do the job. Uh, but dude, it, I'm really happy with it. So I'm excited for you all to see it, and you know I'll be posting about it so our, our listeners can you know take a look. There'll be a link online, I'm assuming, at some point. Is there a page for it? Because I know a lot of times people do pages. Uh, no, not right now. That's fine because yeah. I also think it's also annoying when people do do pages for short films and it's stuff. Like, what, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. What are we making here? I can, I can post short about it. Yeah, exactly. And you can, I'll send you a link, but I don't think it needs to stand on its own necessarily. Right. But yeah, man, pretty pretty excellent week so far. Uh, watching some basketball tonight. That'll be fun. Game six. Mm-hmm. So, and then I've got, yeah, game six tonight. And then I'm working the early shifts during the weekend, which is cool uh, because LA Beer Week starts kickoff event is Saturday oh and then there's pretty much events every day day. yeah from Saturday to Saturday it goes a little bit longer than a week technically it goes about 10 days is it because everyone's so drunk they forget what the calendar looks like dude this is the week that like all the brewers get like loaded oh this is the week yeah all the brewers I know are loaded all the time well (laughs) I mean I mean (laughs) Am I wrong? Prove me wrong. I'm saying that's, I'm saying that's like a casual. Where's the sober brewers I'm at? That, I'm saying that's like a casual amount of drinking. Uh-huh. This is just like. Blackout? This is just like your hangover into getting drunk into a hangover into getting drunk. And so each, it's at the hi-hat, um, each brewery that's participating, it's people that work at the brewery and they pick an artist. So we're doing Nirvana and uh, the guys are playing Nirvana and then you get to vote on who you want to win. Um, but you pick an artist and you do like I think three songs four songs pretty cool dope anyway I've been talking a lot Nick what's going on with you dude most important thing in my week is I got back from Texas on Sunday and I spent about four days down there with my niece and my nephew and my brother my parents came down we spent all of our time either with the little kids they're one and they're two and it was their birthday Or we were outside in 100 degree temperatures building a porch railing and some steps for my brother's um, back deck. Uh, So it was was fantastic. It was everything that I kind of grew up doing in life, spending time with family or working outside. Mm -hmm. And I don't do either of those things at all here Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. So it was a real throwback and it was great. And I saw that. Yeah, you built like a little patio or... Yeah, my brother just designed, he went on his wife's Pinterest thing and found a whole bunch of interesting little things and just did the math and designed out a whole bunch of stuff. What was that thing on the corner you all had? Um, It was like some, like little fencing outside of there. Yeah, my brother found this thing on Pinterest that was, you, you kind of make a frame out of cedar 
for what's called hog wire fencing. Mm-hmm. And it's literally fencing that's supposed to keep pigs in. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. But when it's rolled out flat and it's between cedar posts, it looks really it looks nice. fancy, yeah. kind of. And he was telling me that if you add, this is such a weird comment, like we're getting into like Bob Vila territory. Yeah, yeah. But if you add cedar um, wood accoutrements or whatever it would be to a house, like he did with with steps or or with railing, it improves the value of your house. Why? Just because C- I guess really cedar. Good? Yeah, cedar's cedar lasts forever. I guess. Oh wow! Through through all the elements, you don't have to finish it or anything, and it just looks cool if it's done right. And Dope. So it upped the value of the house, and, and it was cool. Then we had a whole bunch of other children over for the birthday parties that we did. I tell you what, dude, it is so enjoyable. To watch my one-year-old nephew and two-year-old niece just throw cake in their face. <laughs> I watched it so often, every day, and they, it's, oh my God, they end up wearing most of it, but yeah. they look so happy. Yeah. And then you get to experience the sugar crash that your parents always told you about when you were a kid, but you... Because you were experiencing it, it was like, this isn't real. I don't have a sugar crash. But when you're an adult and you're watching it happen, it's very real. They go from having the most energy to suddenly they are so upset because they are so tired. And this is the thing about kids is like when they get tired, they don't have the common sense to be like, I should just go to sleep. Right. They're just like, I'm tired, but I don't know why. And this pisses me (laughs) off. And, And then it just makes the adults like lives a living hell for 30 minutes or something while you're like washing the kids and putting them in clothes and like bringing them to the bed. And they're like, even when they're like in pajamas and in, in bed, they're like, I don't want to do this. Is it hard not to laugh? It's really strange. It's really strange to watch. And then well, they eventually like, just pass out yeah. because they are tired. And that was the biggest thing. Been watching a lot of basketball, watched hockey with you. I can't wait to go back to Texas. And we'll just say that that is a wrap on what's up with my week. And now it's time for the weather with Trent Bruce. Trent, how's the weather out there? Oh, sorry, Nick. There's just quite a delay here. I I happen to be in space today. Uh, It's kind of cold and dark. Um, just floating around. I saw a meteor shower. Uh, but besides that, you know, uh, just hoping this oxygen tank lasts, lasts a long time. I'm just floating around here, man. If you, if you could bring me back to Earth soon, that would be great, man. I'm in, I'm in outer space. And that's the weather with Trent Bruce, who's in outer space. And I really hope he makes it down here in time to finish the rest of the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Nick and I are thrilled, excited, beyond our stars, to have our resident Star Wars connoisseur on the pod today. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Morgenthaler. Thank you, guys. <laughs> How are you doing, Matt? <laughs> hey, listen, we're about to talk about Star Wars, so I could not be better. And for the listeners at home, because this is for your ear holes and not your eyeballs, uh, we will describe to you what Matthew is wearing right now. 
Uh, well, I'll have you well, to describe that, it. That's I'm gonna. I'm, I mean, you certainly can. I will say that this is this is my C level Star Wars. How did we not get? The, how did we not well, get the? All right, because because literally less than uh, thirty six thirty eight hours ago, I was Earth I, hours. I was at Earth hours. <laughs> I was um, on Batu oh. um, at Disneyland's Galaxy's Edge and the. Uh, I would say my B level outfit came out for that. What does it? Okay, so wait, what? <laughs> wait, so we get C level, which describe. Please describe. Okay, in great so I'm, detail. I'm wearing I'm wearing a um, a black t shirt and it's got this kind of arty design of an ATAT walker. It's more like the silhouette. It's dope. It's um, it looks like it kind of got a, a graffiti look about yeah, yeah. it. And then I'm wearing. Um, uh, actually, okay. These are A level Star Wars socks that I'm okay. wearing here. I've got uh, my <laughs> Star Wars stance socks. Um, one foot is of C3PO. One foot is of R2D2. We seem to be made to suffer. It's our lot in life. And then I'm wearing, uh, I would say, my C pair of Star Wars underwear, which uh, has got some fun cartoony looking Star Wars things all over it. So you said you wore the B level stuff to the Star Wars land. What do you wear? What to is Galaxy's the A level stuff? Well, and, and then when do you wear it? Well, one th one thing is that like I'm not a fan that wears my fandom on my sleeve quite as outwardly uh -huh. as a lot of other fans. Um, a lot of the Star Wars apparel that I wear is a little more subtle. Mm. Um, I would say probably like my A-list Star Wars stuff is like I got this one shirt of like this kind of cartoony graffiti looking Boba Fett that I really like. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big fan of that one. I've got a similar like kind of Stormtrooper shirt that kind of has that sort of aesthetic to it as well, which I really like. But it's like um, understated. But, but here's here's why I wore the B-level outfit to Galaxy's Edge because Galaxy's Edge isn't... Um, it isn't a place where it's just like got Darth Vader's picture plastered all over it. Mm. It doesn't have Luke Skywalker's picture plastered all over it because it's it's um it's a land that is supposedly that does exist in the Star Wars universe. So it's an in-universe land, and so think about it: if we were actually in the Star Wars universe, you wouldn't see like T-shirts with Luke Skywalker's face plastered all over yeah, it, that's true. or T-shirts that say Star Wars on it because. Star Wars doesn't exist in it, universe. Yeah, yeah, it in just Star is. Wars. Yeah. So I wore a sort of Keep more in-universe looking shirt, where um, I actually bought this at um, at a Mexican food chain uh, called Chewy's, and it's a design with Han and Chewie in kind of like Mexican apparel. Oh, I did. See and that. so yeah, it was yeah. like a little bit of a more subtle in-universe feeling shirt instead of like a. Here's a picture of Boba Fett, who's not a celebrity in the real Star Wars universe. Sidebar, are there celebrities in the real Star Wars universe? Yeah, well, think about it. I mean, if you lived in the Star Wars galaxy, like, you would know who the Emperor is, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, use the Oh, I guess, facto. like, even when they had their, the pod racers, there was, like, that was, like, their NASCAR guys. Yeah, they're right. all yeah. So that's a great example. Is you could probably be really into your favorite pod racer. Yeah. Um, uh, one interesting thing to think about is that you know the Jedi are not really a big deal in the Star Wars galaxy. There's really not, like, percentage-wise, there's not really that many Jedi mm. in the universe. In fact, most people in the universe don't know that the Force exists or know about the Jedi. Um, oh wow! You know, so think about like when Han Solo like 
even if Han Solo has a few lines like in Star Wars where he's like, you know, the Force, what a silly thing that somebody made up. You know, mm-hmm. he's got something along those lines. It would be, you know, <clears throat> for for us Earthlings, that'd be like someone. It, it'd be like superstition. Yeah. Right. It'd be almost like us. I'm trying to think what the comparison would be. It'd be like. We know that the Secret Service, I guess, exists, mm. but like, have we ever met a Secret Service person? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like aliens, and how we know they exist, but we've never met them. I suppose <laughs> there's totally aliens. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. <clears throat> has nothing to do with Star Wars. So, Star Wars <laughs> is fantasy that happens to take place in space, guys. It's not. Fantasy. <laughs> uh, so, more about Galaxy's Edge. Is is it completely open to the public yet, or were you you had to reserve a spot? Yes, there, right? um, I was that person who marked my calendar to get up super early on the day that they would allow reservations. Yeah. Uh, so I woke up real early, got on my computer, made a reservation, snagged a spot, and purposely made that reservation for a Tuesday at eight a.m., thinking that would be the least crowded time to go. Was it? Uh, yeah, I, it was. Um, did you get to do most of the things that you wanted? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did everything except for building the lightsaber because you have to throw down over $200 to do that. Whoa. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, Were you tempted? I was tempted, for sure. Because you did talk to me about buying the lightsaber. I was tempted, but I'm also super cheap, and so I did not throw down $200 to do what this. What is this lightsaber look like in the end because i'm used to the ones that extend out and then i'm used to the ones that are always extended and like have electric running electricity running through them right so this is like um uh very similar to the very high-end lightsabers that you can purchase you know um but what's extra cool about this experience or so i hear because i didn't actually do it is you um can choose what sort of like set of pieces Mm. that you pull from and then you actually go into the workshop and there's this whole like I guess this little like workshop class that is guides you through like putting the crystal in and building the hilt and everything and you know and I'm sure the guy who runs the workshop is all in character and it's all very kind of like mythical and probably the lights are low and there's an ambiance and it's supposed to like replicate the you know the whole process that real Jedi Padawans go through when they build their lightsaber except for all the padawans are 40 years old (laughs) yeah (laughs) single what was was one of your favorite parts of the of the new park well the best part about it for sure is just being in it yeah um it looks so pretty it's it is really pretty and it also surprised me in a lot of ways because it is not a land is that a pod racer out there? Yeah, it's so loud. Actually, that reminds me of one other thing. One thing that's cool about the land is that they have, like, I guess they have speakers hidden all over because you, like, hear, like, TIE fighters flying over you, and the sound is so good. You're like, oh, shit. Like, was that a TIE? Like, it actually wow. seemed like people, like, every time it went off, people would genuinely, like, look up as if, like, a TIE fighter was, like, going. That's so overhead. cool. So that was, like, a cool little thing. <sighs> I want to go. In the land. Well, so here's the thing. You should definitely go. You're going to have a great time. However... I think you're going to have a pretty good time. I don't think you're going to have the most amazing time ever. At least at least you two. Mm-hmm. You two being sort of casual. Yeah. Okay. 
enjoyers of Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a land that was made by and for super dorks yeah. like myself. It, it actually it's pleasantly surprised me how uber dorky this land is. If you were like, Matt, you can make Star Wars land however you want, this is how I would make it. A typical person would probably be like, okay, so here's the meet Darth Vader experience, and you know, here's like you get to like take your picture like at the Moss Eisley Cantina that we all like recognize, and an Ewok will be over here. And honestly, that's kind of what Tomorrowland is like, mm-hmm. you know, how they've sort of integrated Star Wars into Disneyland like historically. But this is not that. This is a whole new planet that no one has heard about. It doesn't have a lot of recognizable things for just like casual fans. It's like filled with like really deep cut Easter eggs sprinkled throughout. And it's like it's it's own whole new culture that you get to explore and experience. So this is something that will probably just like mildly interest mm-hmm. most people. Like I think anyone can walk through it and appreciate the immersiveness of it because it truly like you are on the planet when you walk around, which is so cool. Like you cannot get a sense of the rest of Disneyland at all. Awesome. So you'll definitely appreciate that. You'll definitely appreciate the level of detail um, of the of the world, but you will not go, oh, look at that. That's like a Mandalorian skull and like, oh my gosh, that's, um, uh, you know, that's Darth Sidious's lightsaber or, oh, there's the medal that Luke got after the Battle of Yavin. Like, there's so many, like... Even all that, I'm like, yeah, dude, of course, yeah, the, the medal of, yeah. Of I think course. we're finding out that we are C-level Star Wars No, fans. not even, man. Yeah, so I, I think, and actually, and I kind of did notice Pre-K. this when I was there, was that... You know, of course, when we first got in, there was the big rush, you know, um, a lot of people. But people kind of didn't stay the entire four hours that they could have. Like, Oh, you're allotted four yeah, hours? Yeah, so, so the reservation system, the way it worked was that you only had four hours. And there was definitely a noticeable, like, decline in people mm. after maybe, like, two hours or something. You because stayed the whole time. I'm yeah, sure. of course, I, we stayed the whole time. And, in fact, we actually... Uh, found a way to make another reservation for later in the day so we actually went back for another <laughs> four hours whoa <laughs> hell yeah um which i really enjoyed because i just like wanted i truly wanted to live there yeah and be in a place where i feel like i'm really in the star wars universe and not a place that was just like hey star wars greatest hits like yeah. you know that thing you know and love well here it is it was yeah. like no here is a planet that's like its own thing. So cool. It's got super, like, weird, deep-cut gems hidden around give me, it. Give me a deep-cut. Well, I think I mentioned a few things that were just, like, hidden around it. Like, okay, so maybe another example would be, like, the cantina that they have there, right? It's it's not the Moss Eisley Cantina. It's its own new cantina. Different soundtrack. But, but yeah, <laughs> but like the DJ in the cantina is Rex from the original Star Tours ride. Oh, cool. Which is cool. And so, of course, if you're like, don't remember the original Star Tours ride, you have no idea who this robot is, but because we know who he is, we're like, oh, that's so cool. And then, you know, also in the cantina is like the little creature that sits in front of Jabba's palace. And you're like, oh my God, that's the creature from in front of Jabba's palace. But if you like, don't know that creature you're like 
Oh, cool. That's a weird frog thing. <laughs> this sounds like me. Yeah. Like the, wait, is it like that kind of, but it's also like kind of a chicken or something that like makes weird noises it's, next to Java? It's pretty reptilian. No, 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 no. Oh, no. You're talking about so salacious crumb. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the guy with the gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He like sits on his you tail or something. You can buy... Not not him because you wouldn't be able to buy the salacious crumb. That's slavery. But but you can you can you can buy. Um, oh my god. Um, he's, his species is a starts with a K, a something lizard monkey, and you can actually you can buy him um, to sit on your shoulder, and then there's like a little remote that you get to like make the head like turn around. It's and just like, like the Renaissance Fair. I wonder if it's the same people. Yeah. We went to the Renaissance so Fair. So that that was a very dragons. cool thing that you could buy there, and that was maybe. A, I think that was like around 70 or something dollars. Oh my god. Um, oh, but here's the other cool thing is that the things that you buy in the land are also super obscure and weird and deep cut. Like, there's like, you could buy like a little thing of a puffer pig, which is a super obscure animal from the Star Wars Rebels cartoon series. Whoa. Which 95% of everyone who's going to Galaxy's Edge is not going to know what the hell this what thing is. What is a puffer pig? Uh, well, it's a, it's a a pig esque creature, uh -huh. but when it gets all startled and scared, it puffs up like a puffer fish. Whoa! Yeah, and it's really goofy looking. So you can like buy something like that puffer pig in one of the stalls, you know, in the marketplace uh -huh. there. Um, yeah, and the marketplace just has like really obscure stuff. Like you're not like able to buy a star a Darth Vader action figure there. Um, there we go. Trent is showing us a picture of a puffer fish. You, it's like a puffer, puffer pig. pig. Sorry, um, you can buy like weird little toys of puffer pigs and little like kind of rag dolls. Like if you were of, a kid living in yeah, on and, the planet. and and like I guess the closest it gets like you can buy a, like a rag doll Darth Vader, but it feels like a rag doll that would exist in Star Wars. So it's all. It's still obviously it's Disneyland. It's commercialized. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's me, Mickey Mouse. But it's not so in your face, over the top, commercialized, and maybe that's why so many of the people dropped out is because there wasn't. I think Darth it's. Vader I think for a wasn't. normal person, it's it's still a great experience. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's a solid like two hour experience where you kind of walk through it, you kind of like admire the immersiveness and How the detail of it. Right now, there's only one ride. A second ride will be coming out later this fall. Cool. But the one ride is the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Well, you tell them that Han Solo just stole back the Millennium Falcon. And Ooh. that sounds a, fun. It's a very fun ride, but the best part about it is just being on the Millennium Falcon. This is a Millennium Falcon. That's the highlight of the ride. It is so cool, one, to see the outside of the Millennium Falcon because there it is in all its glory. It, like It's big, yeah. It's, and it's big. Actually, it surprised me. The Millennium Falcon was bigger than I kind of like thought it, thought it was in my head. Uh, but it is a true like one to one scale replica. You have photos of, of the real? Oh, of course, I have tons of photos. We um, to show us later. And uh, but then you know then for the ride you go inside of it and it's so cool like to be in the kind of main holding area with the chessboard and you see Luke's little training remote in the corner and oh, that's man. so cool and then of course when you enter the cockpit it's like oh my god it's so cool <laughs> and then the ride is really fun too uh, but 
to be honest, it's like a very glorified motion simulator. Mm. Um, I mean, of the highest level, don't get me yeah. wrong. But the best part about it is just being in the cockpit, flying the Falcon, and like having to like hit the hyperspace like They let you lever. pretend to fly it? It's not like oh, you're no, on you, the no, ride? Oh, no, you don't pretend. You really are flying it. Like, the... Think, okay, you've been on Star Tours, right? Yeah. So think about that where you're like basically watching a screen and your seat's mm -hmm. moving so it feels like you're actually on the ship. Yeah. But now add an element of you actually having controls to affect what's happening on the screen. Whoa, so if I like tell, if I'm at the controls and I'm like, pull up, it will really pull up. You know, and you have to basically kind of fly around obstacles and then two people are like the gunners and they have to fire like the lasers at TIE Fighters. Oh, no and, shit. And two people are the engineers in the back and they have to like hit a button at a certain time to like send out a tow cable. Here's a question. They all sound like cool jobs, but obviously flying it's the coolest job. Uh, How so do you decide we, who gets we, to fly? We did do it three times. And I did a different position every time. And I think it kind of depends on you, what okay. your favorite job is. Um, the being the pilot is definitely the most interactive position because uh, you are having to constantly yeah. fly. And I gotta say, pulling that little lever to go into hyperspace is the coolest, and that was the best. <laughs> and all part. the stars just kind of like do that yeah, blur thing. That was so cool. So that was the best part. <laughs> but I actually also really enjoyed being the engineer who had the least to do because I was just able to sit in the back and like watch everyone scramble as they were like yelling and trying to do shit and like i was able to just kind of soak it all in a little bit more and so it's really there's no no bad experience by doing this and actually the best part about the ride element is being a team and us all going like Trey, come on dude like turn left come on turn left and like and then go like, let's go to hyperspace yeah like we were all like <laughs> yelling at each other and cheering and that was really fun and so actually as the engineer of the bag i felt like i was able to participate in that cheerleading cool the best nice. um so i don't know i think it depends like uh perhaps there's a day where i'm like oh i really want to get my hands on the controls and really fly it but then another time i'd be like i really want to like just soak this all in and like cheer you guys on to be like yeah so you're kind of the engineer is kind of like the the coxman of a rowing team <laughs> Gay! <laughs> Not to be like, it's a weird term, but that's the real thing. It's the guy who's yelling with the megaphone. Oh, yeah. I don't think that that is... It's a funny is, term. It's the, that's what it is. <laughs> that, that's not your official role, but it can become it because you, in a way, have the least to do. Uh -huh. And yes, I felt like I was yelling the most when I was doing that position because I kind of just wanted to like, I wanted to do that, yeah. you know? <laughs> Did I see in, in, our boy Stu went with you, right? Yeah. So, did I see in his story that Jack Sparrow made an appearance? <laughs> yeah, what was that? So, actually, this is this um, is a great example of what a deep cut, weird place this is. So, you would think that, like, if you were to make a Star Wars line for your average human being, you would have the animatronic thing be a very recognizable character, like Darth Vader or C-3PO or whatever. No. Instead, they made the animatronic Hondo, which is a pretty, a somewhat obscure character in Star Wars. He is a character from the Star Wars uh, Clone Wars mm -hmm. series, and then makes another appearance in the Star Wars Rebels series. 
in fact, he's actually tied into that Puffer Pig arc on Rifles. But anyway, so this is a character that you guys like are looking at me now Hondo? Like, with completely glazed over eyes. You have no idea no. who is Hondo he that, is. Is he a bounty hunter? He's a pirate. Oh, okay. He's a pirate um, and, and a, a fan favorite character of sorts for those that watched and enjoyed the Clone Wars and Rebels series. Mm-hmm. But the average person does not know who this guy is. But that is who they made as the animatronic character that greets you like and sets up the mission for the Millennium Falcon Smothers wow. Run ride. Deep. Um, so it's pretty deep. Um, and he is kind of Jack Sparrow-esque where he's a pirate and he's got this sort of like, kind of this aesthetic sort uh-huh. of like Jack Sparrow. So Drunk. So the this, this picture that you're referring to that Andrew Stewart posted made the joke like, oh, it's Star Wars Jack Sparrow, which he kind of is. It looked like it, though. Yeah. It looked like a human face with dreadlocks. Yeah, well, um, his species is actually as... Oh, uh, I forgot to say it. it's Wiki. Wiki. Oh god, I might be saying that wrong. That's the thing about I, like I know how to spell the word, but like many things in Star Wars, like I know how to spell, but I don't know how to like pronounce it. Uh-huh. Anyways, that's his species, which is a humanoid species, but he's got very um, brown, leathery skin. He's got like horns, kind of like where his beard would mm. be. Damn. Yeah. Chin stabbing. Good. Yeah, uh, you could. Right, he could stab. stab how was the the food and beverage experience? That was actually one of the best parts about the land as well. Yeah, um, the food is really good. It's really interesting too. It feels a little otherworldly. Mm. Um, so the first thing that you kind of have when you go I'm, there, I'm there's ready. there's the milk stand. So you can either get blue or green milk, and it's sort of like a sort of frosty smoothie, yogurty like. Beverage, okay, uh-huh. with sort of uh, subtle fruit, you know, tones. <laughs> I think they, they like to say. Um, I Andrew and Lauren, uh, my girlfriend, yeah. who also came with us, yeah. they did not like the blue milk. I liked it. Why? Why? Why did that? I think they said it felt. Lauren said that it tastes like Tums. Oh, chalky. Well. It, I wouldn't say chalky, but you, you know how Tums kind of has this sort of like very subtle fruit toned flavor. <laughs> so you like it's, Tums? It's, you like to eat Tums? I, actually, I do like Tums. It's a polite way of saying that Tums has a fruit like flavor. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but anyway, so she felt like it tasted a little bit too much like that. I liked it a lot. I would totally buy it again. In fact, I will buy it when I go back. Nice. Um, how about and, that green but, one? But, but also, it's really cool because blue milk is something that's existed since the very first Star Wars movie. Oh. And so it's really nerdy to be like, oh, blue milk, I'm drinking it. I've seen this forever. <laughs> and now I know what it tastes like. Oh, yeah. Tums. Um, yeah. It's like Tums. Um, <laughs> so that was, that's the first thing that you probably will uh, taste when you get to Galaxy's Edge. Is it refreshing? It is. I found it, I found it very refreshing. I did. Blue milk. Um, and then there's uh, Ronto Roasters, which is sort of like a... Um, um, a hot dog with like a little additional flavors and, and then very good pita. Um, oh, that was very, very good. A hot dog in pita? Yeah, it was kind of like a hot dog and coleslaw thing in a pita. Interesting. Um, it was pretty good. Made out of puffer pig? Oh. <laughs> well, actually, out of Rontos. It was called a Ronto wrap. <laughs> um, Ronto is another creature in Star Wars. Tasty? Oh, while we're talking it, about eating creatures, can I tell you a big problem I had with. Um, the, the most recent Star Wars movie. And we'll Solo? go back to the cu- the cuisine. Oh, not that one. The the one with Luke Skywalker, where they see him on the Last Jedi. Yeah. Yes, that one. 
<laughs> I'm the second most fan. recent. Yeah. Yes, I'm such a bad fan. Remember when Chewie has cooked one of those penguin things? Porks. One of the porks? Mm-hmm. He's cooked it, right? And he's about to bite into it, and then all of the live porks are like, Oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Super cute. And he puts it down, and uh, it's one of those touching moments of, like, he's not going to eat it. He already killed, killed it. it and cooked it. Yeah. He already did the worst thing. Yeah, and then he decided <laughs> to go pork vegetarian in that moment. Just eat it. It's just already dead. It. It's already dead. You know what? He probably threw it away, and then the porks probably ate it. He probably did. The pro- porks probably ate their own kind. Was there any <laughs> porks? Could you eat any porks while you are there? That would be cool, but no, they don't have anything that's a pork. All right, so you can buy a pork, like a pork stuffed animal. Oh yeah, oh, nice. but uh, you cannot eat a pork. I mean, unless you, I guess you ate the stuffed animal. <laughs> so this, so this uh, pita, what would you call Ronto wrap? It was good. It was very good. Um, and then later in the evening, um, uh, I had a Ithorian garden loaf, which. What did that taste which like? Which is and for us, which humans. is actually um, is it's it's a earthlings, if you will. It's a it's a vegetarian, I think, vegan dish. Oh, um, it's basically like a vegan meatloaf. So oh. it's technically not meat, but it yeah. tasted real good. Oh yeah, real good. N- Nick's the Ithorians, they know really... how to make their garden loaves. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> just leafy bread. <laughs> Oh, and then of course, and then the cantina, we all had drinks, and the drinks were really good. What did you have? Um, I had, oh God, what was the name of it? It was, I think, the Outer Rim something something. Something, 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 dark side. And it basically (laughs) was, honestly, I can't remember, it was like a vodka-based drink. It was was blue, and it was very good, but actually it was my least favorite of the three drinks that we tried. So Lauren got this really fizzy drink that kind of like the fizz had this like sort of pop rock Ooh. quality to it. So like it just like continued to tingle on your lips. <sighs> so jealous. It was really went... interesting. Yeah. And then Stu got, um, he got, I forget what was in his drink now, but it, whatever it was, it was very good. Nice. Yeah. What is something um, we should talk about Star Wars in general, but. Uh, I want to end on this. What is something, if you, Matt Morgenthaler, could add to this world? Well, um, I think just more yeah. of it. And you can tell the land has a lot of potential just to continue to sprinkle in just more weird details. Cool. Um, it's really big. It actually, um, I mean, we'll see what it's like once they open it up to the general public that aren't nerdy enough to go out and make reservations at mm-hmm. seven in the morning. But um, uh, it does, it's so big that it doesn't actually feel like, feel crowded or not overwhelmingly crowded. Mm. Um, there's a lot of space and I liked that about it. And it also gives it the space to just add more stuff. And I cool. hope that they continue to do that. Like I hope that every year they continue to add another weird alien creature that just walks, putters around the land, not doing anything just to like putter around and just add to the ambiance of it. Um, you know, there's a, on one side of the, the land, there's like this, the resistance base Ooh. and it feels a little empty right now. Like there's an X wing and there's an A wing there, but you can tell that they could definitely add more stuff. 
Um, and there's even like this sort of like weird in-between corridor between the main city part of the land and the rebel base part of it, which doesn't have very much in it. And they could definitely sprinkle more things like that there. So I just want more, more of what I have here. Um, uh, you want seconds, is what you're saying. I want seconds, and I just want them to just continue to add more weird shit. Do you think they knocked it out of the park, though? For me, they knocked it out of yeah. the park. I don't think that it's, it's a total knock out of the park for the average person, but for me, it is a total knock out of the park because it is so immersive. You feel like you're truly in the universe, and I am the kind of person to be like, I want to note every single yeah. detail and like oh i totally up, I get this obscure thing and yeah. i want more of that stuff and there's also like there's an app that you can have that you can download and play with that like makes you interact with the land more like there's like little things you can scan on your phone and like little missions you can get sent on through the app in your phone and cool i think 99 percent of everyone hanging out was not like doing anything with this app but I was doing it. I was like, oh my god, like, General Hux is going to send me on a mission to spy on the Resistance. Like, ah, that's so cool. And, like, I have to go scan this crate to, like... I was, I was all about that. Oh, yeah. That's great. But uh, most people probably um, won't care about that stuff. But it's there for, like, the real dorks like myself. That's great. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, we could talk the whole episode just about the park. Um, yeah, and it's real fresh in my mind. Like, it was just a couple days ago. Less than a couple days ago. When are you going back? Um, I think I'll go back uh, when the, another, the new ride comes out. Cool. Uh, the Rise of the Resistance, which is based off of everything we've been hearing about it, is going to be very interesting and super different and really epic. Cool. Um, I'm very much looking forward to that ride. Great. Um, if you guys can't tell already, uh, Matthew, again, is our resident Star Wars connoisseur. Um, you being such a just a great friend and someone who includes a lot of people, uh, a few years ago, I remember it was around May the 4th, or I think it was on May the 4th, you invited myself and uh, Tiham. Was there someone else with us? I forget. I think it was just us, us three. three. And... Uh, Matthew invited us to come out to a Star Wars uh, trivia night. I think it was during the day, technically, but yeah, it was May the fourth. Is that a I think bar on the east side or something? Yeah, it doesn't um, matter. Yes, I remember. I it, there's not too many opportunities in life to to really do hardcore Star Wars trivia, yeah. so I was very excited about that experience. Um, since then, I have participated in Star Wars trivia at a few other places mm. um, and had had. Just as great experiences. In fact, this last May the 4th, uh, I participated in Star Wars trivia at the Scum and Villainy Cantina mm. here in Hollywood, which is a unofficial, you know, replica of sorts of the Moss Eisley Cantina. Yeah. Um, so, of course, this is the bar that the hardcore fans descend upon on May the 4th. In fact, the bar opened at 6 in the morning <laughs> that day. Like and, trivi and trivia day. was at 10 in the morning. Everybody wanted that blue milk. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus. if you are pretty hardcore about Star Wars trivia, you're going to get there early in the morning to participate in it. So there I was. And um, I came in second place. Wow. Did you have anyone else with you? Or were you fine yeah, so solo? I had, I had it. No, I... I, I 
we recruited a few other just random folks. Well, I want to tell, before we get into that, I mean, that's pretty much it on that. But anyways, bef- before we go any further, I want the listeners to know that the, the, the trivia that you took me to was with, with uh, myself and T-Hound. Matthew single-handedly got fourth with, place that day. I thought you got third. You guys were just there. That's very generous of you to say, Trevor, I think I think I got fourth. Really? <laughs> I think so. Oh, okay. Either way, you placed very high, and we were literal dead weight. Yeah, like, yeah we no, were, I remember you guys we did not terrible. answer a single question. Nope. Actually, I remember Tom answered one question, what planet is Luke Skywalker from? Do you know that, Trent? <laughs> Is it tattooing? Tattooing. Yes! Nick gets it. But I remember you did not know the answer to that question. It's clearly you still don't know the answer to that question. Anyways, that was the one sons, question right? that at least T-Hom knew the answer yeah. to. Do they have and multiple then, sons? Uh, yes, there's two sons. The rule. Of course, that wasn't a question, but it's a fact. Fun fact. Anywho, you could tell, you could tell that, uh, yeah, Matthew. Well, there were, they were certain questions like blowing my mind of like, on, on this planet, in this species, what language do they speak? And Matt was just, like, crushing it. Yeah, it, that was a very hard trivia quiz, I remember. Um, like, it was, yeah, they asked, and what people language were, like, is this Arguing called? and yelling and shit. Like, what's the species of the space slug in the asteroid field called? What was Wedge's call sign in the Battle of Hoth? You know, stuff like that. What was it that drew you to Star Wars, or at least at, like, this depth? Because you clearly have so, a, an affinity for it and a very Your big folks like Star Wars? Or knowledge or you just it? got into it no. deep when you were a kid? Was well, it around the time? Because we're all the same age, and I remember it was. It became really huge again when Episode One came out. Was it Episode One? Episode yeah. One came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in sixth grade at the time, so peak like perfect age to be all about episode one yeah but um actually my journey to star wars is probably very different from most people's and probably different from yours uh i actually didn't get into star wars until pretty late into childhood okay um so all right so here's the tale um (laughs) i was a really wussy little kid (laughs) i didn't watch movies with real people in them until I saw Star Wars at the age oh, of nine. You told me that, yeah. Okay. So I don't think that that's that strange, though, right? It's mostly Disney um, movies. I would say most anyway, people right? watched movies with real people in it much younger and probably watched Star Wars for the first time much younger. Um, I was very reluctant to watch it for a long time, but my two best friends in elementary school were very into it. And my parents were finally like, let's just, dude, Matthew, just like, let's just, let's just watch it. You know, just let's bite the bullet. Let's, let's, you should just watch it. Wait, was it your parents were like encouraging you to watch movies with real yeah, people I think, and uh, you didn't want to? Yeah. I mean, okay. So uh, we're going to go off the Star Wars topic for That's a fine. second here. Um, so when I was six years old, um, the movie Hook really effed me up. It's okay. a scary movie. Yeah. Do you remember the? I I remember it's about the beginning of that movie. It's about kidnapping, and I mean credit to Spielberg's yeah. excellent directing in this movie. The beginning of that movie is really frightening. Yeah, like the kids get kidnapped. There's the big claw, the hook mark yeah. across the wall. Mm-hmm. Six year old me could not handle that yeah. scene. Yeah, so that put me off movies with real people in it for at least another three years. 
And yeah. so after that movie, I had nightmares. I like was too afraid to watch movies with real people in them. I only watched animated movies up until I saw Star Wars. And so watching Star Wars was a big leap for me because I was very afraid about watching it. Mm. But my friends were into it. My parents were like very kind of like you know gently pushing me to just like try and like watch it for the first time and i remember watching it for the first time and it ended and i went okay i like i think i like handled that well like i mm-hmm. think i enjoyed that i remember like doing a little mental check-in with myself like how did i how did that go for me and i'm like that was <laughs> so good. adult for a nine-year-old <laughs> yeah no but I, I very clearly yeah. remember thinking that to myself and then i don't know things just went from there and then watched Empire Strikes Back maybe a couple weeks later and then Return of the Jedi a few weeks after that and then my friends being into it helped me get more into it and then of course at that time that was like you know there was action figures and toys you could buy and episode one was about to be coming out oh the special editions were coming out at the time oh yeah so it's just like peak timing for me and all the things that Lucasfilm was doing to like engineer Star Wars like us getting all hooked onto Star Wars like it was working for me mm-hmm. like I don't think that I would have gotten as heavily into it if you know there wasn't this whole like kind of invisible hand pushing toys towards me and the special editions towards me and then this new movie towards me like mm-hmm. it all like came together to like at the perfect time in my like childhood to be like yes I am into this yeah oh and there was also books at the time and video games and there was just like if you wanted to get deep into it man you could get deep into it and it was a wonderful time to get deep into it it still is, actually, and perhaps in, in some ways even more so today because there's yeah. just even more stuff out there, and there's things like Galaxy's Edge now at Disneyland and everything, but it really, this snowball that we've built to now started, I think, really hardcore around the late 90s. Um, you know, Star Wars had this real resurgence around the special editions mm-hmm. coming out, and then, of course, with the prequels coming out. Um, so, yeah, so then I just got really deep into it, and then being, like... You know, an 11-year-old kid. I, like, wanted to soak everything I could into it. I wanted to read all the books. I read all, like, the visual dictionaries and just nerded out on, like, every crazy, stupid little detail that I could, like, get my hands around. Here's a here's a fun theory. If you had never had that experience watching Hook as a six-year-old, you might not be as big of a Star Wars fan today. It, 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 I will never know, but I guess it could theoretically be possible. I don't know. Prove me wrong. I don't know. Yeah, and I think you know what I mean, though, because uh, you know it could have been any other. It could. What it could have been possibly. Like, or also, what happens or... to a lot of people is like a lot of people watch it when they're really young, and then they sort of like grow out of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe because I got into it later in life, I never grew, grew out of it. <laughs> Hey man, there there was a period, and I hate to say it now, there was a period where I thought uh, professional wrestling wasn't cool, and you guys know me now, and yeah. I'm obsessed with it. Right, so it's a similar thing. So th- there was, I, I was young into it, and then around high school age, it wasn't wasn't cool mm-hmm. to be into wrestling. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know it's fake, right? Like all that shit. I'm like, oh, I'm too cool for that now, mom and dad, and got rid of all my wrestling shit. I wish I wouldn't. I had so many shirts and figures and memorabilia 
and I was just like, you know, I'm going to buy a PlayStation or something, you know. Yeah. The PlayStation 2. But now, like, way, way into it. And, um, you know, to kind of really... To yeah, it sounds like you had a phase where you wanted to actually be cool. And I never had that phase. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you, you just, like, you just have committed. You know, it's great. It took me a while to accept uh, their nerdiness of what I enjoy. And once you get to the point, you're like, I don't give a fuck. And then you get, that's when you get real deep into it. It was like, for me, reading, you know, wrestling history books and old documentaries and, and, uh, you know, different podcasts and stuff. And I'm sure there's similar stuff for Star Wars. I'm sure there's podcasts and books written about it. And Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, there's there's a lot out there. <laughs> uh, my favorite YouTube channel is um, all about it, all every video does a real deep dive into like all the stupid little things. Question for you: uh, Out of your main characters that you would say like someone like Nick and I would c- could pick up, right? Mm-hmm. Your Boba Fett, your Han Solo, et cetera, et cetera. Who, out of the the we'll call those main characters or like. Mainstream character. I love Sorry. that you include Boba Fett in this main character. Category. No, well, he's like I think he's the most popular character there is. Everybody loves him. I I remember back. So back when I got the Star Wars Insider, <laughs> the Star Wars <laughs> fan magazine, they did a poll around. I want to say the year was 1998-ish or so. They did a poll of what everyone's favorite Star Wars character was. Han Solo was number one. He was number one. Okay, that makes sense. Boba Fett was number two. Oh. They're both like cowboy type characters. Yeah. Yeah. They're the cool. But a lot of Boba Fett haters don't get it because he has literally, oh God, it's either five or six lines Mm -hmm. in the entire original trilogy. And the only reason why everyone likes him is because he just looks so cool and he's so mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. So. Badass looking. Yeah. Got a jetpack. Anyways, well, he, well, he, he's, he's my favorite character. Okay, like your mainstream character, yeah. right? Okay. Because of all of that, would you say? Um, you just yeah. I think he's just, you just look at him and you're like, oh, that guy is awesome. Mm-hmm. What would you say then um, for like more of a deep cut type character? Who, who, who stands out to you? Okay, deep cut character. One you're probably going to have to describe fully because <laughs> Nick and I won't know. Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, I'm now like, oh, okay, here we go. IG-88. Okay. <laughs> what? Would you like me to tell you about him? Yes. That's not the big, tall robot from the Rogue. Is it Rogue? Rogue One? Rogue One? No, no, that's not him. IG-88 was one of the bounty hunters that Darth Vader hired to capture the Millennium Falcon and its crew in The Empire Strikes Back. So in Empire Strikes Back, you know how the Millennium Falcon is flying through the asteroid field, da-da-da-da-da. Darth Vader hosts a collection of bounty hunters over to the Star Destroyer, and he's like, "Um, I'm putting out a bounty on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, yes, Trent is showing us a picture of IG-8. He's a spindly-looking droid. Anyway, the reason why I like IG-8 so much is because he has an amazing backstory. Okay. His story is chronicled in the Tales of the Bounty Hunters book. 
Is that canon or non-canon? It is considered now non-canon. Oh. So it's not real. Uh, we don't have the full IG-8 canon story yet. He is supposed to make an appearance in the Mandalorian TV show. Um, so perhaps we'll learn more about him in that show, uh, potentially. Um, also, fun fact, there was an IG-8 uh, hidden in Galaxy's Edge somewhere. Oh. That was fun. You didn't, but you didn't know where he was? He, you just know that he's hidden somewhere? I, I found him. Oh, you yes. did? I, I mean, he's actually, he's pretty easy to spot, but I will not reveal Thank you. he is right now. Thank you. <laughs> so that you can. For our listeners, yes. Now that you know what he looks like, Trent, you can look out for him. Yeah, yeah exactly. And have a good time trying to find the Easter egg of IG-88. Yeah, there you go. See, isn't that fun? Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. And see, the, that, that's the thing. The land is so fun when you're just going around looking for little things like that. And then when you find it, you go, ah, I found the Easter egg. Um, anyways, IG-8, do you want, I mean, how much time, do we, should we spend a lot of time on IG-8's backstory? If, if you want to. Uh, well, it's, it's, you guys, it's one of you guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I like all this, dude. All right, I'll try and keep it brief. Um, IG-8 basically is an assassin, a very advanced assassin droid created by the Empire, uh, but then he went rogue. So when IG-8A first woke up, he woke up, Looked to his left, looked to his right. He saw three perfect copies of him in this secret Imperial research lab. And he instantly went rogue, went off his programming, killed everyone in the lab, and then turned to his three identical copies and basically downloaded himself into the three identical skeletons Ooh, of him. Shit. So that there are four IG-88s. There's IG-8A, B, C, and D. And so they went around effing up the galaxy and they had this giant plan to basically download a trigger in every single droid where at whenever they flip the switch all the droids would just go rogue and take over the galaxy is it basically all with the one's consciousness yeah well so it was them for kind of like secretly planning this droid revolution so what the IGD-8s first did is that they went to the droid, this, this world where that makes most of the, like a lot of the droids in the galaxy, also Imperial owned, uh, secretly took it over by secretly like killing all the humans. But then whenever like someone would like, you know, beam in and like go, hey, Trent, how's, how's the droid planet going? They would like manipulate video footage so that everyone off-world wouldn't realize <laughs> that, oh. that they had killed all of the humans. Holy shit. Um, and so now they were secretly, they had it in control, they, they, had this, they were secretly in control of this droid planet. And so they were putting this fail-safe switch in all of these droids. So now they were like putting out all these droids that were secretly under their control out into the universe and just biding their time. But the IG-8s were obsessed with Darth Vader because Darth Vader is more machine than man. And they're just like, how is this like one droid like able to like use the force and everything? So IG-8s, the IG-8s were obsessed with Darth Ooh. Vader. And so IG-8 became a bounty hunter and went to Darth Vader's meeting on the Star Destroyer basically as a, as a way to study Darth Vader some more. That's why he kind of went into this mm. whole like line of bounty hunting and interesting wanting to be on that star destroyer um anyway while ig88b so that's ig8b that's actually in the movie while he's on the star destroyer he like on his way out he's like i'm just gonna like plug in to the super star destroyer here and he learned that they were making the second death star 
And so him and all the IGAs were like, dude, we got to get in on this. So they create a replica of the second Death Star's main reactor, like computer. But secretly, IG-88A's brain is in it. So IG-88A puts his brain into this replica super or um, Death Star 2 supercomputer, right? Uh, they switch it with the real one. So the Empire builds the second Death Star with IG-88A's brain inside of it. So IG-88A so is actually are... secretly controlling the entire second Death Star. What? And basically, <laughs> what? And so, and, and, and IG is just biding his time to like go, nope, Emperor, actually, I control the whole station. Now I'm going to like screw so much shit up. But everywhere. like, it never and comes gonna, to that, though. And, but then, of course, as we all know, the rebels destroy the Death Star, and therefore, IG A dies and never gets to have his droid revolution. The end. Whatever. What happens <laughs> when he died? Does that mean that B C B C and D also? Well, we, we find so um, up to that point, the others die okay. another way. So IG A B gets killed by Boba Fett on Cloud City, and then IG C and D actually also get killed by Boba Fett um, above Tatooine. Does he just keep killing them because it's like they're cockroaches and they're just like, how are you still here? And I'm he just to... kills another one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's kind of <laughs> like that where... I already killed you, damn it. <laughs> yeah, because basically the IGAs were like also trying to get Han Solo to mm-hmm. get the bounty and get closer to Darth Vader. And Boba Fett is so cool that he just took out three of them. Damn. Smart. Follow-up question to what you just said. Do you have that deep of a story for pretty much everything in this? Every character, every background character basically has a story like that. Holy shit. Some more deep than others, but I mean, you could go on Wikipedia. Wait, what? Wikipedia, the Wikipedia for the Star Wars universe. Wikipedia? Yeah, it's called Wikipedia. Amazing. I've been on there a few times. I mean, you can read... Every everything has an article, probably as long as an actual Wikipedia article about everyone's stories. In that case, and you can read the canon version and the non-canon version. On I don't understand as well. The, I don't understand the difference. So there's things that. Can you explain that to me? The canon and the non-canon. Yeah. So um, everything was canon until they started making the sequel movies. Basically, until Disney bought them, right? Yeah. So. Disney bought Lucasfilm, and it was like, we're going to make more movies. We're going to make Star Wars 7, 8, and 9. But, uh-oh, we have this problem because the books have already gone mm-hmm. and traced all of these steps into this timeline. So basically, like, we want to make our own movies, but we don't want to be beholden to the history that's already been established through all of these books. Mm. So they basically were like, okay, well, the solution is we're going to deem everything that came before us making these movies as non-canon. But we're going to call it Legends. It's going to be legend? Wait for it. So like the kind of thinking is that these are legends of all these characters. So think about it in our real world, like the legend of King Arthur, right? Dairy. Legendary. Like the stories we have of King Arthur are not actually facts Mm. of like King Arthur, but we have the legend of him. 
So the legends in Star Wars is like this with the story about IG-88. That's a legend of IG-88. It's maybe true or maybe not true. But they now have the ability to like set the actual canon story of IG-88 if they want to. Interesting. And say, oh, that story that I just told you, that's the legend of him. Mm. So that's how they're kind of explaining it now, which I think is pretty cool. Is so but but here's 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 something here's a fun fact. In the well now legends canon or legends timeline of Star Wars, Chewbacca dies. So I have a feeling that like, like they, old I have age? a feeling that they actually probably could have <laughs> like age. they could have like stayed beholden to the books and everything that came out before episode seven. But I'll bet you JJ JJ Abrams was like, you know what, Chewbacca's dead. By this point, that's stupid. I want him alive in my movie, and yeah. so it's like we're just gonna make all that non-canon, so I can have Chewbacca. Like, I'll bet you that was like a big sticking point. I'm oh, sure uh, you're probably right, because actually the book that sort of money sort stick. of like had right. ended around 30, 40-ish years past Return of the Jedi, which is around the time that Force Awakens takes place. So they could have made it all work. But they didn't. <laughs> I think in a large so, part because they wanted Chewbacca to be alive. Well, if it what don't it make is. dollars, it don't make sense. You need Chewie in that movie. You need to quit hanging on the false pretense because if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Yeah, but actually, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I actually really like the Legends timeline and I like the canon okay. timeline. Because you're so I'm familiar with so many of the characters' backstories and because it frustrated me so much when the movie came out and I since gave up looking because I just didn't care anymore. What's the deal with Snoke? Is there any sort of deal with him? Or is it just like, here's have, this super powerful guy, and he's now he's gone? Oh, we have yet to learn all about his Nobody knows. Are they ever going to explain it? Are they, they just, the books have started to give us little morsels of his deal. Um, but we still don't have his full story. And we'll definitely be getting in some sort of book, or even potentially in the new movie that's going to be coming out. Who knows? Um but basically what we know right now is, okay, come back to Return of the Jedi. The Emperor dies, right? Darth Vader kills him on the second Death Star. The Emperor had this whole contingency plan where he's like, in the event of my death, I'm going to set all these things into motion. And basically that big thing in motion was, I'm going to basically self-destruct the Empire. If I die, the whole ship's coming down with me. In broad strokes, that's basically what his contingency plan was. Mm. But... I'm going to send the whole thing down the shitter with me, but I'm going to send a tiny little group of my most loyal people out into unknown space on a like secret rendezvous mission of some kind. And uh, Palpatine had this whole like kind of obsession with some sort of like dark power that was somewhere out there in unknown space that was like some calling to him in some sort of sort. So he's like, there's some sort of like mythical thing out there that I really want to explore. So he sent his like his cho his chosen survivors to go out there to basically rebuild the Empire into the First Order. And we don't know the details of what's how the Empire transitioned to the First Order or how Snow came into play just yet, but we'll surely get that story at some so point. So probably Damn. he could have been one of the people that was sent out there. And came back? So, yeah, Snoke, we're not really sure. He could have been around during Palpatine's time, or he could have just been a creature just living out there. 
you know, and somehow got involved. Um, I don't think we know the details of that just yet. Um, I'm trying to like remember if a book has come out in like the last several months that actually has a few more details, but I don't recall. My favorite Star Wars moment was actually in one of my least favorite movies. It was Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Rogue One was your least favorite Star Wars movie? It was one of them. Interesting. A lot of people really like Rogue One. I, I don't fault them for that. What's the I one just... that came around a similar time? What's the one? Force Awakens? Well, okay. So we had Force Awakens, then Rogue One, then Last Jedi, then Solo. And oh, now we I have like Rise of Skywalker was Rogue, coming out Rogue, later this year. Rogue One was one they were mostly with uh, almost like civilians. Yeah. It was all people without the force and also well, solo was like as pilots well. And pilots and stuff. Yeah, there's no force powers in Rogue I like, One. I like Rogue One. Solo. Unless just, you consider Darth Vader's force powers, which is my favorite part in all of Star Wars, is when we get that thirty seconds of him just murking motherfuckers. It's pretty amazing. And it's murking. It was. Have you seen, you remember it? Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. He killed like I mean it was probably he killed like fifteen people, but it seems so like he badass. killed a hundred people in thirty seconds yeah. by just throwing them against walls and slicing them like things yeah. that get sliced and 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 so my question is are we ever going to get a Darth Vader movie where we get to see him and cuz cuz I think one of the reasons why it was so cool and exciting is it was our first glimpse of seeing Darth Vader as powerful as we had always heard that he was just like so fucking powerful that nobody could really do anything against him it was it was like he was boxing against children Mm. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Are we ever um, going to see a movie where it's just like him doing uh, that? Never say never, but Nick, I will tell you that you are in luck because you could read the Darth Vader comic series, which I have not read, and I believe just recently concluded, and it's supposed to be really cool. Yeah. So if you're real, jo- if you're jonesing for more Darth Vader badassery, I think this comic has got what you're looking for. That's okay. a cool And then they also um, are going to be releasing a VR series... Um, with Darth Vader as well, where you kind of become... uh, I think they talked about you becoming Darth Vader's apprentice of some kind um, and training with him on Mustafar. Um, And so that might have more of what you're looking for as well. So I would would, uh, encourage you to dive into those things if that's what you're really feeling. I just might. But also here's the thing is that I think we've got Darth Vader's story. You know, I don't think we need Darth, more Darth Vader movies. Like, we got mm-hmm. Anakin Skywalker's Rise and Fall. Mm-hmm. We've got Darth Vader in the original trilogy. He's a cool villain. I think a lot of people complained that we got to know Darth Vader a little bit too well in the prequels, mm-hmm. and that kind of diluted him to some extent. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so, I guess you're right. If they were to make a movie... And same thing with Boba Fett. I think them in, like, small doses of real looking cool and being badass yeah. and super villains. I think that's cool, but the more we get to like humanize humanize them, there's a fine line. Well, I guess that kind of brings us to the Mandalorian then. And do you know any insight on that? Cuz isn't that about it's not about Boba Fett. It's oh, about it's, not. it's about another Mandalorian um, who wears similar armor. Um, yeah, I remember Boba Fett is is not that unique of a person in the Star Wars universe. I mean, he okay. comes from Mandalore, you know, a whole planet of people that kind of are very similar to him. Now, of course, Boba Fett is an exceptional bounty hunter for sure. Yes. It's definitely notable, but there are other 
Mandalorians who have similar armor and upbringings uh, to him. So The Mandalorian is a show about um, a similar type of rogue outlaw figure who wears Mandalorian uh, armor and probably goes on adventures and we follow him on these adventures. And that's really kind of the meat of what we know so far. We don't really know that much. We got like a little brief teaser a, few, uh, a couple months ago, but um, we don't really know much other than it's about this, man, this new Mandalorian character going off and effing shit up. Oh yeah. And they're keeping it on the, the Disney app or whatever, right? Yeah, so they're launching this new Disney Plus streaming service. So it's like- When's that coming out? I think it's- They've oh been gosh. talking about it for a minute. Yeah, it's supposed to come out I think later this year, potentially. All Star remember. Wars content's going to be on there. I think all Disney stuff, right? Um, yeah, it's it's so Disney's making all this exclusive content for it. Right. So they're making so the they're Mandalorian. Gonna, they're the they're making another Star Wars series with um, Cassian Andor, um, who was uh, Diego Luna's character from Rogue One. Okay. Um, they're making a couple new Marvel series for it. You know, you're going to be able to see all the was original all their Disney old shit going to be on there. Probably. Like every everything Disney. Probably. Yeah, they're You're buying uh, that. They're, the I am is, definitely going to be paying for this. Yes, yeah. I believe their plan is to take everything that's Disney related that's on like Netflix that's and Hulu off, Think which is oh, so much. They own our entire one hundred percent true. I think that oh, there's no? been talk about how they're still going to keep some of their Netflix Marvel series. Okay, on Netflix. it's not completely one hundred percent. They're pulling everything. This is a wild time for entertainment. Yeah. Uh, real quick, we've talked a lot of. You dropped a lot of knowledge. You told us things that you liked. Talked about Galaxy's Edge. And IGA. Mm-hmm. That too. <laughs> I want to know one, give me a pet peeve real quick or something that you're like, man, I really hate that they did that. Either character or story or... Hmm. Hard to say. I mean, I am pretty accepting yeah. of Star Wars. And you gotta have something. I'm not. I'm not as precious about everything like I think a lot of people are, and especially a lot of the Last Jedi haters are. Yeah, I went there. I like Last Jedi. Oh, we I can, don't. We, we can have. We, <laughs> we can have a whole other. Podcast I don't. About I had a lot of problems with it, but I also don't know nearly Jedi. as much about the world as. Oh, I, I, I as really Matt like does. Last Jedi a Me lot. Too. There's a lot of good stuff happening in it. Um, and again, this is a whole other thought, podcast. That could be a whole other. I think, I I think a lot of people are very people are very precious about a lot of things in Star Wars, and a lot more critical for really esoteric reasons, uh, more so than I think any other franchise. And so, I think a lot of the things that bent people out of shape about Last Jedi actually stems from their problem that they personally have with the choices that are made with that movie. Now, of course, they'll like try Game and of say, Thrones, then. "And who has a better story?" And brand the broken. Yeah, in the same way that kind of people are like, oh, I didn't like this about Game of Thrones. So everyone's like Dude, pretty, them on blast. pretty precious about some things with their franchises, especially in Star Wars and in Game of Thrones. For me, I'm pretty, pretty uh, accepting of it all. Um, I ultimately like the prequels. Um, I think that if you were to boil down the movies, the prequel movies, just as movies, they are. There's definitely some weaknesses movie-wise in those movies, but there's a lot of really strong stuff going on, and the prequels really expanded the universe so much, and actually I, I think that 
lot of the things that we think of as Star Wars actually stems from the prequels. Like what we think of Jedi's and lightsabers, actually. It's really the prequels that really set that up. The sword fighting in the original trilogy is bad. Kind of lame. We would not have this badass Darth Vader kicking ass and taking names if it weren't for the prequels. (laughs) Like what Darth Vader does in Rogue One is way crazier than what he's doing in the original trilogy. Yeah. But according to the pre- uh, in comparison to the prequels, it's like kind of par for the course, his sort of lightsaber prowess. So you don't, you don't have a particular thing that you... So anyway, I mean, if, if I had to get... If I had to pick something, though, I mean, I think there's some dialogue lines, particularly in episode two and three, that you could say are on the cheesier side. Do you, you have, have to you do have one? Anakin Padme? Do you have one? I think my least the... favorite scene in all of Star Wars is from episode three where <laughs> Padme is brushing her hair and Anakin is just like staring at her and they have this kind of cringeworthy exchange about how in love with each other they are. Um, that might be my least favorite scene in all of Star Wars. But at the same time, all this cheesy dialogue, like, of course, Anakin's infamous sand, it gets everywhere. Like... I kind of I like I love it because it's such a silly line that we like love referencing and yeah. like saying, yeah. and and even Jar Jar's like that too. Where like you know now I mean it, it, all this exists in Star Wars and we it, it's it's not worth your time fighting it. It's yeah. more worth your time embracing it. Yeah, yeah. that's great. You know, the good and the bad. I'm a big fan of the theory that Jar Jar was the evil one the whole time. Yeah, that's a very fun that's theory. Hilarious. Very, I love very it. fun. Very <laughs> silly theory. It, it, didn't George kind of, in a way, confirm it that he was supposed to be? And then it was, everyone hated him so much that he had to do something no, else? No, no, no. There was, George Lucas has never been like, it was my master plan to make Jar Jar Binks the secret like manipulator and everything. No, that was definitely. He's the one that was not controlling everything. But no, I, I think George Lucas did would have made Jar Jar a bigger character in episode two and three if he hadn't had such a backlash. Yeah. Um, but listen. The kids loved him. I loved him. Uh, I loved Jar Jar too. Yeah. Back in the day. And I, and I listen, I, I still do love Jar Jar. Again, I'm not precious about this, about this stuff. I want to be, I want to embrace all of Star Wars. It's good, bad, and weird. Um, and Jar Jar is definitely a part of all that. And so there's some, I think, good things about him and, but I can also see if you don't like him. I understand that. Cool. Yeah. I've got just one fo- one last question, because I know that there's a bunch of different theories on how to go about doing it, but what is the order that you should watch Star Wars in if you're new to Star Wars? I think you should watch it in, uh, in the order that they came out. They were released. Okay. Um, I think that all of the Star Wars movies build on top of each other so much. It's... I don't know. I can't even imagine what the experience is to watch Rogue One without having watched A New Hope first, or or even watching the prequels without having watched the original trilogy first. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think because all the Star Wars movies came out in a very specific order, the best way you can retrace the history of how we have all experienced Star Wars is by trying to go through all the chronologically steps. release date yeah yeah so yeah by by release date um i think that's the best that, uh, that to me that's the way i would do it i because that's the way i did it and i wouldn't change that oh any uh any other tidbits you'd like to share hmm give us a lot 
Well, I don't know. Do you feel I'm I've got a question for you guys. Do you guys feel like your relation to Star Wars has changed a little bit based off of this conversation? Like do you think you're gonna Is is this where you convert us? Yeah, have I converted you to some extent? Or when you go to Galaxy's Edge, are you gonna be now experiencing it a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, Of course. In a a way I think I'm a little bit more energized on it because it's it's I've always had a relationship with Star Wars or like the movies coming out or it's about to come out and I get excited again and then when yeah. it's not happening I it, it just dissipates Forget and I don't it. even okay. care anymore but now you got me energized again and I do want to go to Star Wars Land or whatever it's called mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it called Galaxy's Edge Galaxy's Edge well I'm actually I'm real curious um what what were your relation how how did you guys come into Star Wars what's your relation to Star Wars oh been? sure okay. uh you go first Trent? yeah New Hope VHS uh we Played the shit out of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was right around the time... That must have been right around the time Episode One came out. And so um, I think it was it the special edition... Maybe I got the special edition VHS when that came out. What did you remember what your VHS set looked like? Uh, it had like gold trim on it. Okay, that was the special okay, edition. Okay, yeah. So, uh, but no, it was just the original. Um like the, the first one that came out and uh, I remember I remember really enjoying it and then the episode one and then it came out with the uh, it came out with video games and stuff too mm-hmm. um, the pod racing one on 64 yeah episode um, one racer yeah really hard game yeah and I think uh, I'm trying to remember did I dress up like a stormtrooper for Halloween I think I may have been a stormtrooper for Halloween one year. So you were pretty deep into it. Yeah, then you, I think as a but kid. But then you sort of eased off of it as yeah, you older. Yeah, but the same with Nick. Anytime it, you hear rumblings of a, a film coming out, I think most folks our age or just most American film goers get excited mm-hmm. because it is a part of American cinema and culture. Right. And it, it is such a fun thing. You know, they've done it, you know, mostly for money or whatever to continue their franchise. But it's been this thing where, you know, our parents, us, and then eventually our kids. You know what I mean? It's this, it's this fun thing that you'll be able to share and share mm-hmm. and continue to share. Whereas, like, you know, let's say a musician. Like, let's say, you know, my stepdad's really into Fleetwood Mac. I'll be able to listen to Fleetwood Mac forever. But they're not going to be able to, you know... They're humans. They'll be able to pass on, you know. They're not going to continue to make new music with this, you know, Star Wars franchise. You can have more and more uh, story, you know, continue itself mm-hmm. throughout the generations, which is way cool. So when you, so when a new Star Wars movie comes out, you get excited, yes, um, and. You remember kind of enough stuff yeah. from the previous one to kind of. And it, we, really you get might it. like want to watch the one before again, right? That or in that storyline. Now there's a couple. Now there's movies that are coming out that aren't a part of. I guess what would you call it? The main story. Uh, what would you call the like? There's the what, what I call the trilogies. Oh, you know, there's the Skywalker saga, which is the episodes. Yeah, and then there's movies that are branching off of that now, which I actually. I know we've talked about this too. I like Solo, and not a lot of people. They didn't promote it that much. Solo's. A, it went through a lot of production problems, I yeah. believe. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the way that the 
public has embraced Solo and the legacy of it has been interesting. Um, it's a super fun movie. Yeah. Anyway, how did you... Sorry, Nick. Um, we never talk, owned talk. The, the movies growing up. And I think I probably started watching it. You said that you got into it late in life, but I probably did around the same time, maybe even later. Because the only times that I would watch it was in pieces uh, on like um, TNT or something. We mm. put it up on there. So I never saw the first three all the way through um, until, until I oh. was an adult. So the first movie I saw all the way through was episode one. And with Jar Jar Banks. Did you know that Darth Vader was Luke's father, though? Yeah, yeah. Like I got all that. I got. I knew. I knew the story, the general story, but I never sat down and watched front to end. Wow. So, but that was kind of spoiled for you then, in a way, because you never watched all of Empire Strikes Back, and so when you yes did watch it, you kind of already knew that big reveal. Yeah. Yes and no. I don't know that I really had the the mental capacity or attention to really appreciate okay. it anyway I might have been too young but by the time episode one came out I was I used to have this thing where like I'd watch something like I'd watch a movie and then I would just be like so into it mm. and I would just be like this is what I am now and I, I I went nuts I would just pretend to be a Jedi all the time and this is around the time that my family moved to the country so I was around 10 or 11 or something and you don't like all your friends are in the city so I just did a lot of driving around on an ATV with a stick, just pretending to be a Jedi a lot. Or like I'd go into town and play with like my friends, and we would we would pretend to be Jedi's running around Elma College campus with fucking sticks and like hitting yeah, each this other. Is with middle it. school. This uh, is like age. elementary school. This is elementary school. But like we would make up, we made up fake Jedi names for ourselves and shit. And Do you remember yours? Yeah. Well, kind of. I know. One of the names was named after an African country called Malawi. That was it. That's I think that was just like my my, cool. my name. <laughs> and because we were just we looked at a globe and we were like that that's my name and that was just, just how we came up with it. And then from there, <laughs> we played. I used to go to my buddy Zach Potter's place all the time because we used to play pod, the pod racing game on N sixty four. But that was I think before episode one. So I, I or no that was episode one. Mm-hmm. And so my whole Star Wars general knowledge wasn't really all that good. As far as as far as like the storyline, the Skywalker saga is the only one I really care about. Don't I, care about Rogue One. Don't care about Solo. Not really. Mm-hmm. Not really. I think Han Solo is great. I think he's my favorite character. But I think that the whole general story is supposed to be the soap opera around this family that's mm-hmm. both good and evil at the same time, and controls the universe in a way. And so that's the only story I really care about. Everyone else is just kind of like ancillary in their like supporting pieces. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think most people probably feel that way. Um, and that's why I think Galaxy's Edge will be a good experience for you. But you're going to be like, cool. Uh, I might be one of the two-hour guys. Yeah, you might be a two-hour guy. <laughs> I might be. Yeah. Well, um, dude, thanks for coming on the pod, man. This of course. Of course, this is really fun. I mean, any chance I can talk about Star Wars, and there's so many aspects we actually did not get to. So perhaps we'll need a sequel to this. Another one. Yeah, we could talk about more about the prequels and what the, what the good stuff is going on in them. We didn't talk about fan fiction oh, at man. all. Erotic fan fiction. <laughs> what was it? Competitive erotic fan fiction. Yeah, that show. Uh, Matt, where can people find you online if they wanna if they wanna friend you? Uh, 
generic question. <laughs> I don't really have a strong online presence. That's okay. Um, but... I mean, professionally, I have my website, mattmorgenthaler.com. Um, which has nothing to do with Star Wars, but <laughs> that's where you can find me for my right. Your job is not endeavors. Star Wars. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Yes. But listen, they are making so much Star Wars. I, I, I think there could if be a could, day could, where I could end up working on a Star Wars cool. related project. It could happen. So I'm very little, excited little about that. Producing possibly. a little line producing. Yeah, that would be really cool. Oh. I think that it could happen. So we'll see. Um, but then, yeah, I guess I'm also on Instagram as Matt Morgan. M-A-T-M-O-R-G-E-N. Boom. And that's that's really it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks uh, so much. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. <laughs> and also with you. Yeah. Ah, Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them in. How about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask, did he scare you as much as he scared me? Ah, Star Wars! Those near in Star Wars! My seventh winner up here! Star Wars! And now it's time for This Week in Wrestling with Trent. Bruce. Lots happened since we recorded last, but I'll try to keep it brief. Um, like I said earlier, I went to Bar Wrestling at Bootleg Theater last night. Their two-year anniversary show is coming up, which is exciting. Um, they're going to have the Lucha Brothers, which is always fun to watch. That is... Towards the end of the month. But that's for local news. WWE news. They had another event in Saudi Arabia, which always, you know, gets a little bit of... people. You know, people complain because of the politics involved there. And also, they don't allow uh, women to wrestle. And so, WWE is having this women's revolution, right? The past, or past few years or whatever. But then they can't fight this event. This huge event, apparently. So, I think that takes a few steps back. The event itself was similar to these other events that have been in Saudi Arabia. They'll book big names and big matches, but the matches themselves are like snooze fests. And the main event was Goldberg versus Undertaker, which would have been... It's the grandpa event. Ha <laughs> ha, you're old! Uh-huh, which would have been exciting about 15, 20 years ago in their prime. Dude, it was brutal to watch. And actually, Goldberg tweeted out, Hey guys, like after the match, uh, I accidentally knocked myself out, blah, 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 during that match. That's why it went this way or whatever. And then like basically said, you know, everyone that was enjoying my misery or whatever, like fuck right off or whatever. Not in those words, but mm. um, yeah, it was just, it was a really rough match to watch. And apparently he was knocked out at some point. Um, he was bleeding and they both had moves where they landed on their heads, which we know now because of different studies and stuff, like 
keep away from that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So it was it was hard to watch. The event itself was very mediocre at best. Like I said, they do book these big names to fight each other, but the matches are very safe, paint by number kind of stuff. And then they have a big these old timers match. It's like why are they doing? It? I don't know. That's pretty much an update on wrestling. John Moxley's in New Japan doing that stuff. That's fun. Uh, Nick, what do you got for this week in basketball? Hell nah, I ain't stopping for a roadblock. We hold grains, more greens than a coffee shop. Try stop my shine out on my watch. Shoot mine till it reach bridge cock. I get close, no bullets in the two-tone. I'ma chop his ass up like lamb chop. Shooter gonna shoot, put a rack in his hat. This week in basketball, the finals are almost over. Game six is tonight, so here's where we're gonna do a little thing that you see on uh, late night TV shows a lot. Ooh. Hey, it's Nick here. Want to congratulate on Golden State winning Game 6 tonight. Looking forward to Game 7. What a game! Hey, it's Nick here. I'd like to congratulate the Toronto Raptors on their finals victory tonight against Golden State. Wow, what a game! The finals have been actually really great. So <laughs> Covering all, all your bases? Yep, because the podcast will come out after this yeah. is done. But it's been a fantastic finals. KD just snapped his Achilles tendon, though, and that's that been hard to watch, yeah. tough to watch. I am so pissed at the nation of Canada for cheering when that happened. Oh, let's see the fans and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of all this, this huge freaking hullabaloo that's been made about how nice Canadians are and they're the nicest fan base in the world. Well, they just cheered a dude's career possibly possibly being done. Yeah. So nice up there. They're so nice. That's the border we need to worry about. Whoa! That's... (laughs) The Canadians are the ones... Hey, I'm from Michigan. I've been around... I've been near that border. I've been... I've been north of the wall, as they would say in Game of Thrones. And I don't think we need people like Drake and Justin Bieber coming down here and influencing our society like they are. Here we all are, at the edge of the world, at the same moment, heading in the same direction for the same reason. Fuck off. God bless America again. So that's this week in basketball. Trent, you got anything for hip-hop this week? Exciting news, I did purchase tickets to see Anderson Pock at the Forum on the 29th, uh, playing with Thundercat and Earl Sweatshirts on the bill as well. Yeah, I guess just to uh, kind of relay off of you. I'm, you tired of seeing Drake, dude? Yeah, I know people give me shit because I do listen to his music, but I am sick of seeing him on the TV all the time mm-hmm. with all this, and, and, and Instagram and everything with all this basketball shit. I'm tired of him acting oh. after the game as if he just played for 40 minutes and he's exhausted. Yeah. And I'm tired of him acting like he's upset when KD got hurt. That is the most overact, his, his yeah. overacting about like, oh man, I can't believe it. You can walk. Yeah, I guess I can. I'm tired of seeing it. More basketball, less Drake. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you, Matt Morgenthaler, for coming on the show and putting some Star Wars in our ears and getting oh, yeah. us psyched up about it again. And just for being like a really... He, he, we got to mess around with him afterwards doing a whole bunch of like fun little clips and pictures and stuff. It was, it was a blast having him on. You got anything, Trent? Yeah, I mean, follow us. Uh, we got our Instagram now, Another Shitty Pod on IG. We'll update that more regularly and so that you get all Another Shitty Podcast info there. 
And then you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, Podcast, Stitcher, mm-hmm. all the goody goods. Um, Just make sure that you type in the word another and then S, asterisk, 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 Y, podcast. Or if you're on Spotify specifically, just type in Nick Grace or Trent Bruce and you'll find us easier that way. I'm out. Peace. General, I gotta leave. I can't stay anymore. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, there's a price on my head. If I don't pay off Jabba the Hutt, I'm a dead man.